Welcome to the Morty Vicar. That was a very good welcome. Welcome to the Morty Vicar podcast <laughs> from BNA Church in Bristol with James Stevenson and Wayne Massey. Um, in this podcast, we talk about culture, theology, and life. Uh, we talk about kind of what's happening in the world or what's happening in our lives and think about the theology and Jesus behind all that and then work out how we can apply that to how we live the rest of our days. Mm. Um, this week, we're, I'm going to talk to James just about what's been going on in um, your family's world in the last wee while. So, mm. um, so James, do you want to, if it's okay, tell us yeah. what happened yesterday. So yesterday was um, the funeral and celebration of my mother-in-law, Tricia Bench, who died age 74 after a relatively short um, sort of um, battle with breast cancer, which she had for the third time, and it got into her bones. Um, apparently, it, um, what she died of was the result of when she'd had it um, the first time, sort of over twenty years ago. Okay. So, and that's been that's been obviously a big thing in yeah. your house and in the wider kind of Bench family. Yeah. Um, over the last months. Um, first question. You're a vicar. Yeah. Um, your dad died of cancer yeah. quite a few years ago. Yeah. Um, what do you say to people who go, I thought you believed in a kind of loving God. How come these kind of sad things happen? And how do you then begin to process it when, it, when it's not... Because quite often, when even as clergy we answer these questions, yeah. we're one step removed. Whereas actually, for you, for your family and your story, it's, it's, a, it's a real experience. Um. The honest answer is that m- most people haven't asked me that that question, um, maybe because they know that they wouldn't get much traction with me <laughs> on that one. But but I think if they if they were, um, I would want to say that um, that we live in a in a broken world, and and it it's really clear to me, it's really clear to all of us actually from the scriptures that illness will be no more in the new heaven and the new earth but that um, sickness and death are an outworking of our sin and our selfishness and so we can't we can't not die (laughs) that that is going to happen and then the question is when is it going to happen and then if you start with a, a I can't. Is it C.S. Lewis who said, "If I start with the question, why me and why now, then I'm always going to end up in a in a um, in a not very healthy place." Whereas actually, if I can start with the theory of, "Well, why not me?" I think he said that about his wife's death, didn't he? Um, I don't know. It sounds good though. And uh, why? Well, why not me? Then, then I think. Um, it does take an element of responsibility for, well, actually, we live in this broken world and I'm part of what it means for this world to be broken and therefore, um, if I ask why me, then I'm, I'm um, is abrogating myself of responsibility, whereas actually if I say why not me, or what, then, then I'm, I'm part of this world and I'm understanding that actually death happens. And, it, um, and so, you know, it was, it was really lovely for Nikki to receive a message from, of sympathy from one of her friends um, whose mother had died um, when she was a, a girl, you know, before she was a teenager, um, and um, a, 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 and a reminder that actually, for you know, Nikki had 
44 years mm. of her mother's life and, and some people don't even have a year of their mother's life. So you just aged, named your wife's age yeah. publicly. Uh, yeah, so sorry. You might need, no, no, it's okay. Um, and I think that's, that's really interesting because there's the whole thing about Christianity is firmly rooted in the real world mm. and the world as we find and experience it. And then what it's, you'll see where I'm going with this, but what it's, what it's then transfused by is, is, is hope. Yeah. You alluded to that when you talk about well, yeah, I didn't no more. You know, so there's a brilliant, if you come to church Sunday the 12th of September, the video we play in part one talks about Joseph always living with hope that one day God would rescue and restore. Yeah. So, so hope is what, hope is the bit that you carry, we as Christians carry through these experiences that kind of set us apart. So can you, yeah, and, and have you seen that? Well, I, I think I probably didn't answer your last question very well either because I think you have, to, you have to understand why suffering happens in order to spot God's love in the midst of it. And so what I would, would want to add to, to that slightly rambling first answer is that actually we have seen God's provision in the midst of the pain and the suffering constantly. And, and so I think once you take a view of why not me, then you can see where he has been at work and where he has brought provision. Now, what was that question? Hope. Yeah. So, so tell me, if, can do you? I mean, it's, 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 this is all very raw for you guys, but can you see how hope has been at work in these last months? Oh yeah, totally. I think talking to Trish, it was extraordinary. Um, she hadn't. She'd grown up in a religiously complex setting, um, and um, age fourteen, a friend invited her along to a Billy Graham rally in Bournemouth nearby. And um, she realised that she didn't really believe in God, she didn't really believe in Jesus, and she didn't really um, see the need for salvation. And I think she read Frank, Mor- is it Frank Morrison's Who Moved the Stone, um, the, the book about um, the, the resurrection. And um, she investigated the claims of Christianity, and, and she said that one day she found that she believed it, and that was that. Um, and it was. So she she carried this sort of unswerving hope, um, and that changed the way that she died, as well as the way that she lived, and it, and it meant that everything else sort of hung from that hope, really, not not solely dependent upon it, but but actually how she handled, you know, she, she was able to talk about death, she was able to talk about dying, she was able to do that with um, my children um she was able to do that with her friends her friends who um who were asking questions about faith were able to see in her a piece that um was extraordinary um so yeah so i I think um i hope made a difference um and has made a difference in death and you can you can see unresolved emotions amongst those who don't carry that hope at a funeral um, whereas for those who carry that hope and share that piece, it does it changes. We we um, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. So, so as you're speaking, it reminds me. So a couple of weeks ago, Jonathan, my eldest, and I went to mm. Northern Ireland for four days, and we went by train and ferry there, which mm. was the most amazing journey. But we crossed over, and the most amazing fog. It was flat mm. calm, no wind, and the most amazing sea fog came down. Mm. And I don't think I've ever crossed between England and Ireland in an environment like that where mm. we were literally. I think. We could, with really bright lights on it as mm. well, the dock of the port only became visible when it was about 20 feet away from this yeah. ship. 
Whereas yeah. normally when you sail into a port, you see all of the lights and everything. Yeah. Uh, and except for a foghorn, we saw nothing else. And, and I think quite often people, we go through life and there's these moments of the fog come down. But yeah. actually, if we know the destination yeah, yeah, we're headed yeah. to, so at no point in that journey did, you know, did I doubt that we weren't going to get to Belfast Port, yeah. even though I couldn't see it. Nor did I doubt it wasn't there. Yeah. And then it appears. Yeah. And so, so it's that kind of sense of it, it's like a fixed point that we're navigating towards. Yeah. Uh, and no matter when the fog comes down, we know where we're headed. Yes. Yeah. And so we live in a we 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 live in a broken world. Um, we need to ask the question: well, Why not me? Mm. Um, we need to sort of look for where God is at work. Mm. He is. God invites us um, through the hope of eternity in the work of Jesus to to kind of fix our eyes mm. on on it on a destination that will lead us through this life no matter what goes on. Yeah. Um, and then you said, we do, you know, we do, do not grieve as those without hope grieve. So um, you've been through this um, with your dad and now you're mm. walking it through with, with Trish and, and for Nikki. What does good grieving look like for the Christian? Oh. Um, well, it certainly doesn't look like a denial of the pain that you're going through. Um, so yesterday we came back from the funeral and and it was a family only funeral and we had lunch cooked by some lovely friends um so there were about you know 16 people eating lunch and and Trish it's kind of gently broke my heart I thought you know she 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 would have wanted to be here you know and um I sort of turned the corner uh, into one room and and half thought she was going to be sitting in her usual seat um and and those moments are not less painful because i know where she is because she isn't there um uh, but in instead of it being traumatic because you don't know where they are and you don't know whether you will see them again it becomes just sad because you've been separated from them um really really sad and there is a difference between those two within sadness you're able to locate your emotions you're able to um think about a, a time when the sadness will be still there but less dominant um but when you're in some form of trauma it's much harder to locate your emotions and to understand how you will be able to resolve that um and and death when it's traumatic is you know has massive implications for people's livelihoods for their lives and and their families and and um uh, yeah, so I, I think that's the the grittiness of of death and and dying as a as in a Christian setting. Yeah, someone publicly who's I think been grieving well is Simon Thomas, the TV presenter, whose yes. wife died over the course of a weekend yeah. with a very rare form of blood cancer. And his book, I think, is called Life Interrupted. Yeah. And it's that sense of not only, you know, it's not just her life that was interrupted, yeah. but it was his and his son's life that was interrupted. And watching him as a Christian journey through that and journey through the pain and everything. And, but, 
but also still come out the other side. So he's um, he's remarried recently. Yeah. And um, and there was a uh, I don't know him, but yeah. I, so I follow him on Instagram. But there was yeah. there was clippets of the speeches from the wedding on uh, you know on Instagram, and in one of them he talks about his his wife, his, his new wife, and he says, you know, you are the best thing that's ever happened to me. And actually there's a kind of sense of that he can say that whilst also not denying that his first wife was also the best thing that ever happened yeah. to him. And it's, yeah, that, yeah. It's, wor- it's working that out and, and working out being able to carry your life forward in the tension of sadness and happiness coming and going. I, I think also ha- having, a, having a hope enables us to, um, to inhabit the difficult places with people in grief. So my mum um, would say that um, uh, she's often surprised by the fact that um, people don't talk to her about my dad as much anymore. And she said, it's not as if I'm not thinking about him, because I am. Mm. Um, And actually, one of the things she has said to us is that she's worried that as she gets older, she'll forget some of the things because she forgets things and people do as they get older. Um, and I think if you don't have a hope, you don't have a route out of a conversation. So if you head into, if you head into death, you don't have underneath it a hope in the resurrection. And so you don't want to head into that conversation because you don't know how you're going to get out of it. Mm. Whereas I know that I can walk into a conversation about death with anyone at any time, whether they had a hope in the resurrection or not, because I know that the God who has died on a cross and has been resurrected from the dead can um, lead me into that conversation with people about death and he can lead me out of that because if he can go to a grave and come back out again, he can take me into a conversation and take me out of it. And that's not that I want to get out of it, but it is to say that actually, you know, we can't just sit in conversations about death unendingly with people and, yeah, and so, said so that a culture that's removed a loving caring god of hope from the equation when it comes to death either basically has to kind of sit and wallow like job yeah and his friends or try and forget it and move on um my uncle died 16 years ago and he was a collector of clocks in his retirement and my yeah. aunt has kept all the clocks i think yeah. I imagine that every day when she has to go around and wind the clocks up, well, some days she'll wind a clock up and she'll smile, and some days she'll wind a clock up and she'll cry. Yeah. And that's, you know, you know, you, yeah. as you said, you, you, he's always on one level. This is where the Easterns are slightly right. Our ancestors yeah. are always with us. You know, he, she, yeah. you, know you don't forget about somebody. Yeah. But actually, because she's a woman of faith, she can wind a clock up and one day cry and turn it to prayer. Yeah. And she can wind a clock up and one day smile and turn it to prayer. Yeah. And that's the bit that God with us gives, that actually we can enter into yeah. the fullness of the experience of yeah. human life yeah, and yeah. turn it all back to him. Yeah, because of his kindness. James, um, thank you, because um, this is all very now. Um, mm. uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for anybody, because yeah. actually grief is something that um, hits us at all sorts of strange ways and strange times. So, so let, me, yeah. let me just close, going to pray for Yeah, let's do that. Pray for Nikki and you guys and the mm. whole family, but then also for anybody else who's, um, who's listening. Mm. So, Jesus, we thank you that um, you are our hope. Mm. And we thank you that you have defeated death and uh, eternity has come crashing into our now. Mm. And I pray for Nikki and James and all the family, but also mm. for anybody who's listening for whom um, this is real, this is raw, this is 
bringing a memory back, mm. that they would know your peace and your mm. presence. And we thank you for the promise in your word that one day every tear will be wiped from every eye. And mm. we say yes to that. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We'll catch you next time. Mm.